0: An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame, but then what? This blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made, from the glow ups to the online drama to all those viral content houses. I'll show you how it all adds up to a new kind of fame. From the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznek. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. See website for details.
1: Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Cherry.
2: And I'm Mike Peters.
1: We're your sound only co hosts, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts. About the millennial lifestyle, there's a Drake album, there's a Beyonce album, but first, can we talk about Obi Wan? Can we do like a? We're going to
2: talk first. We're going to talk about lightsabers. Nigga, let's talk yeah. about some. Let's talk about Kenobi, which is entering. I, you know, we we had to check actually before we started recording. There's another episode. There's a sixth episode in the six part series coming out this week. But before we even get to that, because uh, I mean, like we both like you know cars on the table. Unlike unimpressed with Kenobi, except for one thing that made us text each other in all caps for half an hour today, which happened in the fifth episode. Yeah, the the great redemption of the third sister. <laughs> yo, um, yo, listen. Okay, so uh, to, to to do to check in a bit at this at this point in the story, right? Um. <laughs> because I feel insane trying to explain how they even set up this this amazing battle between the third sister and Darth Vader, right? So, mm-hmm. um, Leia and Kenobi- and Obi Wan have escaped with the rebels after you know losing one of the plucky rebel fighter pilots on the rescue mission and you know they come back with heads held low but they survived and they got what they went for and the episode begins with them back at the rebel base and once again like has been the case in like every single jj abrams Skywalker saga movie there is a there's a setup for a siege against the tag the ragtag rebels as they try to make an evacuation um I don't even remember what planet Jabeen is it that the, the planet that they're on that's J somebody, some, that's, that's somebody somebody's name
1: that's somebody's name it doesn't name. matter it doesn't yeah. matter
2: what it doesn't matter what planet they're on cause you know what the setup is cause you've seen these movies before um Darth Vader and Third Sister, now elevated to the rank of Grand Inquisitor, are bearing down on the rebels, the rebel base. Um, and Obi-Wan is having flashbacks. He's like, I know that, you know, we don't have time to set up siege defenses and whatnot. He's going to attack first. Anakin always attacks first. He's impatient and bullheaded, body body blah. So that's what the that's the setup. For this for this
1: episode, yes, and I mean to your point though about like you already know what it is because you've seen these movies before about the like the evacuation, like low key the evacuation doesn't make any sense. Like it, it actually drove me nuts At watching all. it. <laughs> it doesn't make sense because they're like holed up in a cave and they're trying they're trying to open the, the the roof on the thing so that they can get the shuttle out.
2: Yeah, so they can do a vertical lift a vertical liftoff so they could take these two giant air carriers out of the roof of their base right you know as if like there aren't star destroyers hovering overhead like how is like the the, the, how is the air not an
1: issue yeah like the whole setup is that they're surrounded but then it acts like well if you leave at the top yeah he won't do that. He'll eat the hot dog from the
2: middle so the sides won't know what's coming because he's Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> so, so let's set up defenses at the choke points and the doors so that, you know, like we can we can have enough we can buy enough time to escape through the roof again as star destroyers and assumedly anti-air missile defenses are hovering yeah. just, you know, above range.
1: Look, here's the thing. I don't think like, we're watching a science fantasy thing. That's always the thing with Star Wars. This shit doesn't have to survive strict scrutiny, right? Like, I, I don't like when a show of any genre sort of insults my intelligence and just doesn't bother to do, like, basic shit. You know, and I think sometimes Star Wars, basically, since the prequels, has lapsed into that a lot, where it's just like, shit don't make sense, and it should make sense, and I'm not, like, being a nitpicker for picking at when shit doesn't make sense. But I did think that this episode is a classic example of like, you know what? This setup is dumb and doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't matter because the payoff is so good, right? It's like all of the stuff with them scurrying through the cave. No one gives a shit about that. You start,
2: you're going through like the first 37 or so minutes of this episode. You're like, what the fuck is this? This is... Just what is going? Like, I mean, they got Leia up in an air shaft. (laughs) Like, there doesn't seem to be any like through line connecting stimulus and action, you know. And then this happens.
1: Like, okay, hold on. Some, Some of the setup, some of the setup to that moment, though. So, like the the conversation with Obi Wan. And the third sister at the blast door, right? When it's the kind of the beginning of the standoff with the blast door. Okay, wait, 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 like, wait, wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I disagree. I disagree. And here's why. <laughs> Thing is, is that yes, disagree? I did I have, I had ahead. the exact same sort of congratulatory. I had the same congratulatory thrill that you had when I realized yes, I was right. The third sister was undercover this whole time and was a youngling that survived the massacre the night of ex- that, that, you know, they executed Order 66. But then, like, the confrontation that happens is so needless and pointless and does not make, it makes so little sense. Like, there's a, sh- like, in, including the way that, like, after Obi-Wan goes out there with a handful of, um, you know, like his ragtag rebel shooters, three or four or five of which die in the melee, you know, once the door comes open and he's a, and he's captured. I mean, like he's then just released to the rest of the of of the rebels to be like, hey, yeah, man, it was crazy out there. Um, it's, Let's let's go ahead and get on the <laughs> ship. Right? Like that was like that was the next. Those were the two scenes. Those are the two scenes, one after the other. Yes, at the door, they did have that conversation where he was just like, wait a minute, you're you. And she's like, yes, I'm me. And I'm going to do this alone. But like, it's just sort of like, I understand it as like them trying to write in this sort of like refusal of the master's hand scene. Like where she's just like, I'm going to go rogue and do it my own way. But it's like, it doesn't, it just like doesn't make a whole lot of even internal logical sense <laughs> um, it doesn't
1: but it's still it's still the kind of character writing that used to be what Star Wars was about <laughs> and like most Star Wars things at this point don't they just don't even really bother they yeah. just it's like setting up lightsaber fights forever is the only point of star wars now and i thought that was a good moment of like and i yeah, mean these it, are two characters talking about like the morality and the sort of like psychology of what they're on about you know what i mean i thought that was like basic it was basic sure. but it was decent they were also yeah, talking way too loud the for, or, <laughs> they were whispering super loud they were talking way too loud in, like,
2: during a standoff, you know, between two opposing forces, like, in a hot zone. And they were just having, like, you know, a conversation over bubble tea at the blast door about, yeah, man, like, where you have been at? You were like, you know, blah, 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 blah. But then, once again, we don't really care until she jams the lightsaber through the blast door. She's just kind of, yeah. when she gets the really cool moment where she's just like, you'd be surprised what I could do alone. Yeah. And then yeah. she just starts yeah. cutting through the blast door that they were, like, you know, firing the, the heavy artillery gun at for, like, however long, laying siege to this thing. Yeah. I mean, it really sets her up as, like, you know, okay, this is the... This is the... You know, foremost on the ground fighting force in the known universe currently outside of like Vader himself. Um, Which I mean, like, she got the sequence where she was chasing after Leia, who somehow was outpacing like, you know, several troops of armed guard and like, you know, grown mercenaries and a lady that was wall running and doing flippy jumps up buildings. (laughs) Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, despite being eight and bow legged and pigeon toed I mean, like, it's just sort of like stretching the realism of the, of, like, you know, yeah, the athletic feats in this world or whatever. But, like, yeah, the, but then, like, the, again, the payoff, the scene between her and Vader, where, you know, he turns and goes, he was wise to use you. You know, sort of like kind of saying that directly to the viewer being like, you know, you and McGregor at this, like, you know, we would have had to have like more obvious stunt doubles in here. He would have had to be lower to the ground. And
1: yeah. Moses Ingram <laughs> is
2: selling every single, like, you know, ground slip and slide twirl capoeira move thing in this fight. And it is <laughs> incredible. Like it is. Yes. Seriously, an amazing fight scene, like on par with any that we've seen, like in the prequels, maybe.
1: Yeah, and to your point, actually, about the Capoeira, right? It's sort of like that's sort of in a way, like okay, there's that element of it, but there's also the element of it that's impressive because of the restraint, right? Because like I know you love the the Darth Maul fight, right? Like in the Phantom Menace, and like I think that I think that sequence is yeah. cool. I do think that after. The Phantom Menace, right? Like Star Wars developed this lightsaber problem where it's just like there's way more lightsabering shit in Star Wars after the Phantom Menace where characters are just constantly breaking out lightsabers, constantly dueling. And You go back and look at the original trilogy and it was like way more restrained than that. And it was way more kind of like really restrained fencing that happened maybe once per movie. And I, I the thing about Obi Wan, yeah. and the scene with like the third, the, the sister and um, Vader is like because Vader's approach to it for most of the fight, right, is like him pushing her, him just push like force pushing her away, and it's just yeah, it's it's it's
2: it's like we've talked about this before, uh, like and I think this was I think I was, uh, talking about the King Cobra scene and like Young Justice where he where he's where he strips off his robe and he says, sometimes even a god must stoop to conquer and then faces <laughs> like Robin Broadside with one hand behind his back and then starts deflecting all of his all of his moves and pole shit. And then like Robin steps back and he's huffing and then like the guy goes, What's the matter, boy? You look disconcerted. <laughs> like this is like when somebody is so in control of yeah. like the way that the fight is going, it can look so cool. <laughs> especially when the other person is
1: absurdly skilled. Yeah, it's sort of, that scene is almost like watching an old Tyson fight, right? Like, to your point, I feel like people with a sense of, like, sports, right? A sense of, like, martial arts can look at that scene and get how well communicated it is that Vader, even though Vader is not the one doing most of the physical movement, he's really just, like, slow walking and, like, pushing her while she's doing all this super precise, Honestly, like, exerting herself. But, like, Vader is so in control of that scene in a way that's just, like, so well telegraphed. And just, I don't know, man. It le- that scene yeah, leaves I an mean, impression. Like,
2: if it's, if, I mean, like, fuck, even if you have, like, an understanding of martial arts or boxing or whatever, if you've watched, like, Guillaume Monfils like, do a rally in, like, in tennis like you know darting back and forth all over the green or whatever and like somebody might just be standing in the middle you know like the whole time like just kind of directing where things are going you know eventually this is probably a bad example because Gal Bonfils always managed to turn those points in his favor but like you know if you've seen somebody just making somebody chase like mm. you know the whole, like for 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 uh for an advantage it's you know what this looks like and it's instantly recognizable how much more powerful he is, you know, just for all of her like mini talents, which I mean, like she's got the spinning lightsaber. She's got like the acrobatics. Like I said, she's got like, you know, the Eddie Gordo stuff going mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she it's like all of the stuff <laughs> that you've seen from like it. It really feels like it borrows from. Everything from the Phantom Menace to like Jindy Tartovsky's like Clone Wars when General Grievous does the unorthodox shit with the, where, you know, he starts holding a lightsaber in one foot, you know, like there's just being like, all right, we get to finally do this. Let's not blow the, let's not, you know, try to, you know, bring this down with any sense of. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, like the thing that you're saying about there being so many lightsabers is that they're almost like guns in the Star Wars universe now. Yeah, yeah. They're like yep. almost indistinguishable from blasters. Yeah. Like, so it's just sort of like you should have, you should have a crazy amount of dexterity to be able to have one.
1: Yeah, there should be, right. It like, should be a steeper learning curve for having one of them shits. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah like this one is cool because it's just like you know one of those you know samurai movies where the guy's just like I'm not even going to take my sword out of my sheath you don't deserve that she he like you know sucks Ooh. the thing out of her hand breaks it in half and tosses one back to her and the music swells up it's so good yeah why couldn't the
1: rest of the show be like that yeah that's the question right <laughs> it's like the rest of the show does not feel like I think some of the actiony stuff that McGregor gets to do as Obi-Wan feels like a real redemption for him, but it's it's every now and again, right? You feel like, yes, Ewan McGregor is getting to do shit in this show, that he, he really wasn't given that many opportunities to do outside of the Grievous fight in the prequels, but like, that stretched too thin. I, you know what it is, too? The other thing that's a real shame, I feel like I'm not the only person who sort of like, up until this moment, was kind of like, eh, on the third sister character and, like, the Moses Ingram performance. But I, I do think that, like, the way she carries herself in that scene, just alone, like... No notes. She deserved that. I guess, she, like, you know it's what I mean? So, like, no no like, it's, it's, like... She's frustrated, dog. She's, like, upset. But it was,
2: like, it was really... Yeah, she was just like, yo, I'm She She's like, sold that shit. like, oh, I can't fuck it. It's just like, I can't touch this nigga. I'm so upset. It's like, it's <laughs> it's so visceral. Like, it's like she's yeah. nearly foaming at the mouth. And it's like, it would have been so much better if it was like a sort of delayed fuse. You know, like it was like I was saying before, where it's just kind of like the overplaying of the fiercest. This would have been so much better if it, if like the fiercest like, arose out of like a simmer versus they're just being like this kind of low flame. And then she just turns it up to 11 all of a sudden.
1: Cause it's only like
2: really four. It's like emotionally four ticks. She's jumping like four ticks out of 10 really, you know, but it feels so like, it feels so correct when it's happening that you're just like, damn, like what if this felt like more in time with the, You sit up with, like, it's like, you stand to attention when she, like, shows up and tries to lop his head off from behind. And then he, like, pushes her back and goes, like, he was wise to use you. And then the, like, the score for this scene, whatever that was, was immaculate. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, like, it was just, man, I'm a sucker for a good duel, obviously
1: listen she put in a good show even though she got her ass beat I mean what can you say she got her ass beat it won't I mean, even she got, it. yeah she got ass beat she got ass beat you know even after that though even after loving that that climax right like I'm still not even excited for the last episode <laughs> but I will cherish I mean that. cause
2: now what I gotta watch Obi-Wan and
1: and, oh, yeah, and Darth
2: Vader sure. fight each other so yeah. you know
1: so give me your third sister she, yeah that's the thing it's like hard to top that especially again like you said it's like yeah, you McGregor. He not he not doing the capoeira. You know what I mean? It's not the same. It's not the same. It might not be the same. I'll watch it, but I'm not even after really loving that duel with Vader and the third sister. Like this show, kind of like you soured on it before I did. But He got to be sneaky now. Yeah, yeah. It's not even yeah, bad. It's not be a bad show. Now. But it's just it's not. I don't know. It's kind of like the. the it, you know what, Obi Wan, the show. To do a really corny podcast segue, it's kind of like the album we're gonna talk about for a bit next after the break. Drake album. It's like it's got some good ingredients, but it kind of only it kind of brings like sixty percent of the energy, and it needed to bring a hundred percent of the energy, is what I feel about Obi Wan, and also (laughs) what I feel about, um, honestly, never mind Drake's latest album. Did you like that segue? That segue was bad. But look. I do think it's a fair... I think I actually mean that sincerely, that they have a similar (laughs) problem. I think
2: it's... No, I mean, it's... It's it's fair. It's fair. They got a similar problem. It
0: was corny, though. We're going to get back to it after the break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles in your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you
1: really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: So, Drake uh, released a new album, new studio <laughs> album, surprise drop of oops, oops music over the weekend, titled "Honestly, Nevermind." Um, you could call it self indulgent. You could call it slight. You could call it. You could call it. You know, a kind of. Revelatory experience if you have, you know, been at an after hours place letting embarrassed thoughts, embarrassing thoughts pass without judgment at 3 a.m. You know, you know what this music is like. It's just black dance music, and he's capitalizing on, I guess, I don't want to say that a resurgence of it because it's been going on. Like, there's like a large and burgeoning like scene just like even right here in Los Angeles. Um, I mean, I'm thinking like of you know, like Salon Records guys, maybe like DeMar Davis, like, you know, like there's Channel Trace uh, who does like dance music at a constant for God Mode. There's like, there's other instances of this is what I'm saying, but yeah. like, you know, it's been coming, you know? Like it's it's not, it's although it's a surprise drop, it's not out of nowhere. Yeah, like, I mean, like, it's been coming, like maybe back as far as before, like, Thank Me Later, that... <laughs> frozen in 2010 album came out um like there were two dope boys blog posts like threatening a full drake r&b project you know like there were news items about how he'd been working with a vocal coach you know like he was doing the kanye like you know michael jackson told me i could sing fuck all y'all thing like you know he i mean but it was like his his Music was like even more nasally and sounded like it was like, you know, happenings distinctly while he had a cold. Then now, I guess, is even though it is distinctly like his own kind of, you know, vocal range, like he's mastered it for better, for, 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 for better, or for worse, or, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it. You know, this many years into his twelve years into his career, twelve years into studio releases. Um, and honestly, Nevermind actually sort of works. You know, for that reason. Um, even though it's like kind of, like I said before, very slight. Like you said before, like not particularly energized. <laughs>
1: Um, that's the main thing I worry about it yeah. right it's like because that's the, that's the the people like look it's easy to just go to any Drake album right and clock him you know basically being a scenester and being somebody who's kind of like trying to take some thread in black pop music at some point in the world and blow it up to Drake proportions right and go that's derivative but like Drake I mean that's part of the that's part of the pitch with Drake right he's a tastemaker he's a curator he's all those things so like I think more often than not that that works with the kind of music that Drake zooms in on. I think with house music it I think the album is maybe like fundamentally good, but his execution, like his actual singing or the actual beats, like there's something about it that just feels underpowered to me a little bit. Like it's hard to go it's hard to take house music and go I'm going to streamline this. I'm going to water it down just a little bit so it can be a Drake album. Because then it's just like, well now you have It's purely this really like sweaty dance music. That's it's like less a, sweaty, so it's less good. Yeah, exactly. Like it's
2: such a like bombastic, joyful, emotive like genre yeah. of music that, you know, inspires movement like it's just if you if you take any if you if you put any half measures into it it's a i mean by definition a half good album like it's so yeah like the sort of despite like I mean like like i'm saying like this is like it's a good like again like you know you kind of have to qualify it by saying it's a good drake album Like, you know, it's fine to have on for, like, background music. But there's, once again, like, it's the same thing we always say. it's plenty of other people doing it better because they, you know, are fully committed to doing it.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's a combination, though, of, like, okay, part of it feels like a fully committed problem, right? It's like, okay, you made a house album, but really it just sounds like a 40 Noah, 40 Shabib album. Like, it doesn't really sound that kind of, that, it's not like Big Fish Theory and Vince, right? It doesn't sound like they he all went out. That kind of
2: move. It's, it doesn't sound like he went out and found himself like a Zach Seckoff and they just like studied like Detroit House for however long until they found some strains they liked. It's more like, you know, everything has a. There's a run of like, there's probably like a, I think maybe the best run of songs. On Honestly Nevermind goes from Flight's books to um I feel like liability's in there somewhere. There's like a five song run starting from Flight's book that's like, you know, honestly pretty good. And probably most of those songs in there have the same time as um Superman by Black Coffee, mm-hmm. which I mean like he was which I mean like he plucked that out for more life in twenty seventeen. There's like, the, there's a lot of the stuff that he was doing on More Life and that were, that made it like a playlist is just, you know, this is just more of that with him and doing the vocals instead of, you know, good vocalists.
1: Yeah. Don't you think, though, I, I think a conspicuous difference between More Life and this, uh, especially on, look, look, on the first half of the album, there are some moments where Drake is singing and we've heard Drake sing for a decade at this point right and usually we're used to especially like I get what you're saying before about early in his career that kind of nasal quality that he definitely like dropped after a point i want to say like hold on we're going home is sort of the definitive start dropped to like to strong well drop it's but it's you know what i mean like, it, you know but it's like hold on hold on we're going home is when he finally figures out how to do that kind of big broad singing but in a way that's like produced to be palatable and not sort of like get on my last nerve. And then something about this album though, feels like I don't know. It's like his singing is so un- unproduced there are moments where he is just like his voice cracks. You know what I mean? Especially in the yeah. first half of the album, his voice is There's, cracking. He's his, his missing notes. Is... It's
2: weird. It's it like, it feels a... like he, It's like it's also like you know you can't hide your lack of rhythm when you're making dance music either. (laughs) It's like there's, I mean, there's kind of like sort of, and I mean I don't want to like it's it's not to say that like all of it feels slightly out of time, because I mean like it's in like it's like it's in time singing, but it just feels sort of like it's rattling in. You know, it's not a nothing but net situation. Like you're just by the tips of your fingers getting to these notes and, you know, like staying with this, you know, sort of watered down pace that you set for yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, I actually think too, It, I, I theorize that it's a conscious choice. Like the more time I've spent with this album, the more i'm convinced that drake drake has spent time listening to young thug for instance right and others in the young thug lineage and i think drake convinced himself that like he could do that too like in the way that young thug will sort of start belting and just like proudly Again, just like miss notes, let his voice crack, but do it in a way that feels very deliberate and stylistic and successful. I think Drake thinks on this yeah. album that he's doing that, but he's not really doing that, <laughs> you know. And I, it's like a miscommunication. I feel he like is it's just what's like it's
2: too like it's really like he's too image conscious to to do to like, go there. <laughs> To do, yeah, to to do the Kim Carnes thing, you know, like it's like you can't make Betty Davis eyes, nigga. There's like you <laughs> are like, I, I'm just saying, like it's like there's it's he has it has to be correct. The boxes have to be checked. It has to be squared at the edges, and it's kind of like not a thing that totally works in this space.
1: Um, yeah, but I mean, I, like, I again,
2: like, it, it's gonna, it's, 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 it's none of, obviously, it's gonna be popular. Obviously, I'm gonna clean my house to it some, you know?
1: Well, is it obvious? I mean, I don't know. Extent. I was reading, I was reading, like, I was reading, I was reading Paul Thompson's review, right? And, like, I, I feel all over the place, right? Because, like, Paul was writing about how he thinks it's, like, the best album Drake has ever made. And I disagree. With that. Uh, and he was also writing about how he thinks, like, I think he mentions that he thinks Certified Lover Boy is the worst, right? And I'm in this weird position where I, like I like, I, I like, in a very soft way, I like Honestly Nevermind. I actually like it better than More Life. That's the album it feels the most in conversation with. I like it better than More Life. I like it less than I like Certified Lover Boy. Um, it feels like one of the things Paul talks about in his review is where he's working through that, like the, the half life of certified lover lover boy has been really short. Like to your point about it's obviously going to be popular. I don't know. There's, there's a version of, of how this plays out where certified lover boy already was sort of telegraphing that Drake, that peak Drake was clearly like in our rear view. And then this album is even more alienating.
2: I think, it's going to be maybe I should clarify that like I mean popular in the sense that this feels like a record that you can play like that that goes that maybe like DJ's played like the night it came out like at 11 and it fit in seamlessly what they were playing that night you know what I'm saying like the way that like other Drake albums haven't felt in a minute there's probably going to be a lot of remixes to it it's probably going to be a lot of sound yeah yeah. of it like, there's going to be, like, it's going to make it into a lot of sets this summer. Like, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to have that, it feels like it's going to kind of be able to, like, germinate maybe in a way that he even is trying to have it. You know, maybe trying to move into a different way of, like, music distribution. You know, like, trying to come back around to, you know, be, uh you know, alongside, musical trends as he as as the Drake cottage industry functions. Um but yeah I mean like I think it's like inoffensive um first and foremost with the exception of like I really hate Texco Grief man
1: yeah, it's a, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's like a that's like the drakiest song on, down to its title, yeah. like the drakiest song on the
2: album. Yeah,
1: um, it's weird because I agree with you. I that mean, it's...
2: like I said, like um, I think it will. I, yeah, I mean, like it's like it, it, it comes and passes even within a playlist in a way that I think will sustain it. You get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Although I think your description. Like you use the word inoffensive, which I I agree with, right? Like I think if anything, it's it's too inoffensive, right? It's too underpowered. I do feel like the flip side of this is like, Micah, what is this discourse I'm seeing about how like people not liking this album is anti-black because it's disrespectful to the house? Like, what has (laughs) happened?
2: Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows, man? Like it's like there's it's 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 the same thing as, you know, people just sort of you know, jumping in <laughs> with limited information, wanting to get takes off as per. It doesn't matter what people are saying about, like, if you don't like this album, you're anti-black, and he's switched the the it's vibes. his anti-black. Air Force. It's like, whatever, and, you know, if you don't like it, you're also blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know the all art is inherently political crowd is going to come out regardless. Yeah. I just (laughs) don't
1: know. But I don't know why with this album, right? Like why, why is this the Drake after all of the years of Drake being this kind of, Well, I mean like,
2: because like dance music, dance music is so like, is such a, is so much more symbolic of like a cultural freedom and
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, uh, even, even rap music. Like, so I mean, like, Friends, like when I wrote like uh, that that piece about uh, you know protest music when YG put out that you know fuck the police cut that wasn't as good as the NWA one. Like I was talking about <laughs> how there were like it like it wasn't him, it wasn't little baby, it wasn't you know whoever it was that made their cloying attempt that you know the world is fucked up and bullshit the song that year. It was the thing that was most representative of the movement was um, the that uh, that a uh, house remix of the you about to lose your job yeah like, you uh, about to lose or whatever yeah. like it was yeah. because it was it was it was purely like. Delirious internet enjoyment, viral groove from weird places seemed to come from all corners of the nation at once. Like kind of thing that felt more represent, and it was like anarchical, but you know, said something like in a way that like felt more indicative of the times to me, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, there's usually a dance record that feels like that on the back of whatever the rap, or like you know, it's somewhere around where the rap record is or the pop record is or whatever. That, given like the how inclusive the dance spaces tend to be, uh, yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, like I I can get why like the conversation would turn towards that. It's annoying, nonetheless, <laughs> but I can get, I like, can understand.
1: Uh, but that's going to escalate like actually that that's a really good explanation of the dynamic. I think that has produced the calling house music, uns uns music is a microaggression thing that's going on right now, but like the Beyonce single, right? That's out. for yeah. her album, That's going to come out later this week. More dance music, right? Yeah. Beyonce, I, like, it's Back a bunch with the of dream. stuff that,
2: you know, gets placed in the lineage of like, Sade and Black Box and <coughs> Rihanna who did this five years ago. Uh, cough, cough. <laughs> like, there's a yeah, there's a, yeah, but I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's this is it's this is where it's at this summer. This is yeah. and we're gonna have by by God, we're gonna have some writing about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's like on the one hand, we're gonna have a lot of like hot sweaty dance music this summer. On the other hand. We're gonna have a lot of hot, sweaty think pieces about dance music this summer, and you know what I mean. Do those things cancel each other out? I kind of I fear that they do on some level. Um, I don't know. I don't know. know. (laughs) Stay tuned. I think I. I I
2: mean, stay tuned.
1: Um, (laughs) Do you like the Beyonce single? What do you? I mean, what do you think? Yeah,
2: man. You mean my uh, break my soul? No. I don't yeah. I like it's 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 like like it's it's
1: cool. I think it's cool. I think it's it's cool.
2: It's cool. Like it's sort of like, you know, I remember when Megan Thee Stallion at a uh, Coachella a couple months back came out and she to that to that like you know um basically it was like a little chem record. Like she switched to flow up just a little bit and it was just kind of like, whoa, okay. Did it make you go listen to a whole begging and the Stallion thing? Like, it's just kind of like, now you know, oh, okay, cool. Like, it's like you rap, like, and that's a cool yeah, song. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's, mm-hmm.
2: But I'm not really <laughs> on my head about, like, a Beyonce dance music album. You feel me?
1: I mean, I could be on board for, it's just like, I need more than this single. Like, I could be on board for that, but we'll we'll see. Like I said, stay tuned. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I feel like that's all I got about Drake at least though the Drake thing, the Drake album is not as bad as I've heard some people say it is but it's also yeah, I don't know, I I kind of really like the idea of it but just wanted really more like out of it
2: it's like aggressively fine you know, I think is, is, is where I'm content to leave it yeah Um. yeah, I think that's all we got though
1: um, Damn, I like we. The nicest things we said this episode were, was about fucking the third sister. So shouts out to her because, like I said, when she started the series on the, the Obi, shouts out shit, to I Moses Ingram. Like, I don't know about this. she yeah, got more praise I, to Beyonce very on this episode. Unsure. <laughs> she, she
2: got more praise to
1: Beyonce. Is it, if you looking at that, if you looking at the looking lighter record. notes for this episode and ranking who we said nice things about. Is Moses Ingram, Beyonce, and Drake. Like, that's one, two, three. I mean, shouts to her. Because like I said, I mean, people have been giving her a hard time. That I think, was, like, it was, series. you know. Yeah. Um, you know.
2: And I'm not taking any of that back necessarily either. I'm just saying that this scene was so good that it was worth all the rest of it almost. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Give me more of that. Kathleen Kennedy. Um, I don't know. That's all we got this week. Uh, Listeners, email us, as always, soundonlypod at gmail.com. Email us about the last episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Email us about the prequels. Email us about the other tar- Star Wars TV shit. Email us about Beyonce. Email us about the Rihanna album "Anti," which to this day, look, maybe I'll revisit it. I just did not. I listened to that album a lot when it came out. Maybe I was in critical. I'm Critic, not even but, talking
2: about that. I'm talking what about, you talking about, about Calvin Harris stuff. Oh, okay. okay that bro, makes.
1: Bro, bro. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. I see what you mean. You just got me thinking about "Anti" again, and I, that album. We're gonna have a critical reevaluation of "Anti" at some point. Um, now that you brought her up, <laughs> you brought her up, not me, uh, re-read Fenty. Okay. <laughs> Soundonlypod at gmail.com. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peter. We'll see y'all next week.